What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the PropG Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of PropG Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the PropG Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to First Bite, the Detroit Lions preview podcast sponsored by SB Nation's prideofdetroit.com. We are here. It is week 15. Your Detroit Lions are 3-9 and 1, so this is some exciting football coming up. We got we you know, it's it's First Bite. The last few weeks we've changed up the format a little bit. We're going to change it up again this week. Um, we don't have a Bucks guest because again, this is a battle between two teams that are not in the playoff races. Y'all are probably not all that interested in breaking down the game inch by inch. So we're going to we're going to split this into two segments. We're going to kind of do a half and half, half about this game, half about the draft order. Uh, talk about our, our week 15 preview from that point of view, seeing where the lines could drop to, where they could raise to that sort of stuff. But before we get into all of that, let me introduce myself. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I'm the managing editor of Pride of Detroit. You can find me at Detroit online on Twitter and with me. Almost as always with uh, First Bite Podcast is Ryan Matthews at Ryan underscore POD. Ryan, how is your night going? My night is going just fine. Let's see if I can effectively derail it by talking about this football team for about a half hour. You know what? I like that plan. Let's derail (laughs) your night. Let's derail all of our listeners night or day or whenever they're listening to this Uh, because things are a bit dire. um, But if we want to frame it in a positive way, the road to a top three pick is looking pretty good right now. And the Lions haven't had a top three pick in, in quite some time. And you can either view that as a positive or a negative. If you're a draft fan, that certainly is a positive because uh, Lions are almost assured to get a really good guy, but you never know. Um, or at, at the very least, they have very good draft capital, which maybe they can spend that to more picks, whatever. We'll, we'll have plenty of time to talk about that. But let's talk about week 15. Let's talk about where the Lions stand right now where they could possibly go um, in the next uh, three days, uh, essentially, from when we're recording this. Um, At the moment, the Lions are fifth in draft order. They're tied for fifth, but they have the edge over the Cardinals in terms of strength of schedule. The weaker your schedule, the higher you are in draft order. Lions have a little bit of a weaker schedule. Bengals firmly in number one with a 1-12 record. Uh, Giants are next with 2-11. Washington, 3-10. Dolphins, 3-10. Then you got the Lions and Cardinals at 3-9-1. Jaguars. In at seven, uh, four and nine, and Falcons right behind them, also four and nine. Now, when we're talking about where the lines can climb up to, the Bengals are pretty much uncatchable at this point from the Lions' point of view. They're not locked into number one necessarily because the Giants are right behind them. But you look at who the Bengals got, and it pretty much ends here, right? They, they play the the Patriots this week. Um, they just need uh, the only way the Lions were were ever going to catch them is if they went out and. and I'm sorry, if the, if the Bengals lose out and the Lions win out, um, and, and even then, actually, no, that, yeah, no, that would work. Um, but it's not, it's not going to happen because 
the Patriots. I mean, as much as we we like to tease the Patriots for for how they're playing right now, and they're not they're not looking great. They're not losing the Bengals this week, right? Yeah, no, you had it right. The Lions would have to lose out, and the Bengals would have to win out, right? And I, yeah, I, I don't foresee that happening. So I think number one is is firmly locked up with Cincinnati, but I don't think for a lot of Lions fans that the number one pick is all that coveted because I think a lot of people tend to think that the Bengals are going to go quarterback with the number yep. one pick overall anyways. So they've had, they, they played a little bit of the season with Andy Dalton and then they went to the backup quarterback and now they're back to Andy Dalton for some unexplicable reason because they right. wanted to win one football game and possibly play themselves out of the number one draft slot. But yeah, I think the number one slot is, is a foregone conclusion at this point. You think think the Bengals are missing missing Jeff Driscoll at all? Like even a little bit right now? Uh, maybe, but he's on IR. So true, true. All right. So with the <laughs> the, the first pick overall out of the question, hopefully that doesn't mean uh, Chase Young is out of the question. But we'll see. Uh, let's focus on the Giants now. The Giants came so very close to handing the lines a big gift on Monday Night Football, just barely missing out on beating the Eagles, giving up a, a two score lead losing in overtime. So they're at 2-11. But I would say there's still a lot of hope that the Lions could catch this team. They they basically need a, a plus-two turnaround in, in the next three weeks, which is a tall, tor- tall order, um, basically meaning the Giants need to win two and the Lions need to lose out at the very minimum. Uh, but you look at their schedule. This week they got the Dolphins. Next week they have Washington. The following week they have Philly a team that they almost built, beat on the road. They have them at home. So those are three winnable we- games for the Giants. And the Giants, while they're 2-11, and 11, they're not really playing horribly, as, as we saw on Monday night. And the, the three teams that they are playing are kind of playing horribly right now. So, I mean, asking a 2-11 and 11 win team to win two out of their last three is is definitely relying on some some luck there. But I don't know, Ryan, what, do, what are your thoughts on the Giants? you know, schedule their chances this week against the Dolphins at home and uh, and for the rest of their season. Yeah, dare I say that the Giants were playing a little bit inspired with Eli Manning back under center? <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, I mean, it, it's it's interesting, right? With, with Daniel Jones being out and the team going back to Eli Manning and you look at their schedule, like you said, Miami at Washington versus Philly. Regardless of the outcome of those two games, this week against Miami, next week at Washington, those are going to be good outcomes for the Lions no matter what. Granted, sure. it doesn't end up in a tie. But if the Giants are able to, you know, if the Giants lose to Miami, well, then if the Lions lose, they're going to move up at least one spot. Or yep, they're going to if, Miami. Yeah, exactly. Or if, my, or if the Giants are able to knock off Miami, well, the Lions are that much closer to getting up to the number two pick. So I'm, I'm, really, I'm really starting to think that the the dominoes are going to fall in place for the Lions. And I I wasn't feeling this way two weeks ago, but I'm yep. starting to feel that way this way or this week, provided that the Lions don't screw this up and win against the Buccaneers this week. Yeah, and th- this week, I mean, the, the big game that I think everyone should be kind of keeping an eye on, and, and it's, I'm, I'm going to ask you this question because I'm not entirely sure myself, honestly, is, is that Washington-Miami game. Who are Lions fans rooting for in this point? Because I think a lot of people think like if the, the the only way the Lions get a guy like Chase Young, which is kind of everyone's focus right now, is if they get that number two pick. 
and kind of, I mean, the only way that really happens or realistically happens is if the Giants beat the Dolphins this week. But that, I mean, that's still, you, you're still relying on the Giants losing another game. And like I said, they have Washington and Philly, which are both winnable games for them, but you're, you're still relying on a, a two and 11 or then a three and 11 team to, to win out another game. And, you know, if, if you hand the Dolphins another, another loss like that, there's no guarantee that they win a game. You know, they got Cincy and then they got New England. So Cincy obviously is, is, is a good opportunity there, but you never know with two bad teams. And so if Miami wins or loses out, then suddenly the lines don't even jump a single spot. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really don't think it's as, as somebody who has done very limited research into the draft and, and by very limited, I mean, yes, I've looked around and yes, I know who Chase Young is. And yes, I know that he is an incredible talent. I don't think that if the lions, I, I don't think that if the lions fail to move up, it's all doom and gloom. I don't think mm-hmm. that if the lions end up picking at five, they're in a ter- a terrible spot, or if they don't get all the way up to two, where it seems to be a lot of people thinking that after the first quarterback goes, then it's going to be Chase Young, who a lot of people think is the best talent in the draft. If the Lions can't get to two, I don't think it's necessarily a terrible thing. I think that even if the Lions get to three or four, that's the perfect spot for Bob Quinn to be in if he wants to trade down. And trade back, and yeah. and I, I I think if if you have another team who's interested in getting a quarterback, that's one of those spots that you that you want to be in to be able to get your guy. I don't know if that guy exists. I think that's way too much prog- prognosticating, even before we even have the rest of the season play out. Right. But I don't think that the Lions necessarily need to move up to two in order for in order for this tank to be successful. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think a lot of people are like, Chase Young, give me Chase Young or, or give me death. Like That number yeah. two spot is so coveted right now. And if, if that's the case for you, then obviously you want the Giants to win this week. But I'm kind of with you. Like, Let's just take what we can get at this point. And if we can move up a spot from five to four, great. Um, I, like, I, I, I don't think that lines being number two is, is, uh, is improbable. I think it, it's certainly possible, but... Um, we, we also have to be realistic and, and, and look at the big picture, like picking third overall, maybe you're missing out on a guy like Chase Young, but you're also in a pretty good spot to grab someone else. It's not like there's only two good prospects in this draft class. Um, and, and, and certainly not only two edge rushers, there there are more edge rushers and, and we'll see who rises and falls in the next three, four months. But, um, Chase Young isn't the end all be all. So I'm, I'm with you there. Um, moving on to, to Washington, they got the Eagles this week. Um, we saw how shaky the Eagles were on Monday night. Certainly a winnable game for Washington, who's playing at least a little bit better right now. Um, outside of Philly, they got the Giants, as we mentioned, next week. And then Dallas uh, that last week. That So the Giants have Philly in the last week of the season, and Washington has Dallas in the last week of the season. I, I find both those interesting because I think there's a chance that neither of those teams are playing for anything. Because if if Dallas beats Philly next week, that pretty much means they win the division. And that means Philly's not playing anything because they're out of the playoffs and Dallas isn't playing anything because they certainly aren't going to catch anybody in seeding with their horrible record. Mm. And so that's an opportunity for both the Giants and Washington to pick up a, a kind of garbage win in week 17. Um, just something to kind of keep an, keep an eye on and keep in the back of your mind um, when, it, when it comes to trying to guess how these, these final three weeks are going to play out. 
Yeah, the NFC East, a battle of futility. <laughs> right. I mean, those games are hard enough to predict as is, but if you're talking about a week 17 where literally none of the four teams are playing for anything, <laughs> might as well yeah. flip a coin at that point. Yeah, you, you might as well flip a coin. And I, th- I think the thing with Miami is I don't think if if you're a Lions fan, I don't think you mind if Miami's ahead of you at two. Because I think Miami is just as much in the market for a quarterback as a team like Cincinnati is. Because while they traded and got and got Rosen, I mean Rosen's not playing. Fitzpatrick's playing right now. And I don't yeah. know if they think that Rosen can be the guy moving forward, but they could they could just as easily be in the market for a quarterback as well. So I mean you could potentially be lined up to grab somebody like Chase Young at number three. Can you imagine being Josh Rosen? Has has a, a he was the first overall pick, right? No, he was. Um, he's not the first. He's no, top he was. 10 yeah, yeah, he was. I think he was the third quarterback off the board, but he was. Oh, okay. Yeah, he was. I mean, he was behind. Uh, wow, I'm really blowing it right now. What I Baker know, right? and Baker and Darnold? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Darnold was yeah. one day. Okay. So, but just like imagine that being a top ten quarterback pick, your first year, you get traded afterwards. The second year you get benched and then your third year another you know your team drafts a first round pick over you like has and that's never happened with any top 10 pick i can't imagine top 10 quarterback just to have like that rocky of a start and he's not i mean is he that bad um i don't know if josh rosen's bad i don't i don't think he's bad i think he's just <laughs> in some really really unfortunate situations but i can almost say without a doubt that he would be the first quarterback to in the first two years of his NFL career, be a top 10 pick and also have a quarterback drafted in the first round to replace him. Right. Unbelievable. If, if that's what happens, uh, the last team I want to talk about, because we're kind of, we've been working under the assumption that the lines lose out. Um, but that's not a foregone conclusion. I wouldn't say, um, they're not playing a great team this week. Um, and, and, and they're not really playing a great team in Denver next week, even though, um, Drew Locke is, is, is playing pretty well. And you never know if Green Bay is playing anything in, in week 17. So let's talk about the Cardinals. They got the same record, 3-9-1. and one. Um, The one thing that I think is really important to note, though, is their schedule is not very easy. If the lines slip up, I think there's a good chance the Cardinals beat them because they got Cleveland this week, a team that's you know very hot and cold. The Cardinals could win that game, but they could just as easily lose it. And then they're at Seattle, at Los Angeles to play the Rams. So... Those look like two big losses. And then again, yeah, I mean, you never know with the Rams. They might not be playing anything for anything in week 17 since they're kind of behind the eight ball right now. But going on the road against two really good NFC teams uh, looks looks daunting for the Cardinals to to get more than one win, if even that, the rest of the schedule. So, um, yeah, just something to consider, Ryan. Um, do you think do you think there's a chance that the, that the Lions, quote unquote, slip up with a win? And if so, does that mean Arizona is going to jump them? I, I think it, I think it could. And just mm-hmm. as you mentioned, both Seattle and Los Angeles, they're both two teams that are going to have something to play for down the stretch as well. So those games are going to matter. Uh, you're not going to see you're not going to see either of those teams resting players just to get them to the playoffs. But I think what did happen last week, at least, was there were a couple of games that helped build some leeway for the Lions to not slip yeah. as drastically. Right, like the Jets. I mean, yeah, it would have been nice if Miami would have won that game, but the Jets winning that game, well, they're five and eight. Yep. I they're don't basically see, out of the picture. Yeah, they're basically out of the picture. The Falcons at four and nine, 
Um, I don't know. They they could potentially. I mean, they might win another game. They're playing the 49ers this week, but um, the end of their schedule, they they might be able to pick up a win. The Jaguars they play in the AFC South, so you never know whether or not they could end up winning a game. They play the Raiders this week. Who knows who the Raiders are from week to week, right? So, right. um, that is the one thing though. The Lions, I don't think that they can slip much further than six. Yeah. Um, unless they unless they really do some damage down the stretch and win three straight games, and then. <laughs> Wow, we're it's gonna be. A and really then we're fun all we're all happy because they're they're they show it and they're bringing some momentum into 2020. How could you say something so disingenuous <laughs> and off-brand for yourself? <laughs> Our listeners uh, deserve better. And if they could only see the sarcasm on my face right now. Uh, all right, so all said and done, I'm just gonna throw it at you. What? Where do you think the lines are picking come 2020 or or slated to pick come 2020 based on everything we just talked about? The mid teens because Bob Quinn trades back. <laughs> uh, no, I, th- I I think I think they might end up at four. Yeah, four is is definitely what I'm feeling right now. I, I think they like I said two isn't out of the question, um, but I think you're right in that. I think it's it's two to six seems like the almost certain range where this team is going to be picking, and I, I like right in the middle there four as yeah. well. And, and and I think I think we both just think that because you look at the Giants, they play Miami, they play Washington. You know, yep. uh, Miami plays the Giants and they play Cincy. There are a couple of teams that are ahead of them that just by process of somebody's going to lose the Lions. As long as they lose out, they're gonna they're gonna move. Or you know, if they end up winning a game, they're gonna move into like that sixth spot, like you said. So anywhere from four to six seems the most realistic. And that's what we'll leave it at. So when we come back, we are actually going to talk about week 15 in terms of the Lions. They're playing the Buccaneers. I don't think I've even mentioned the Buccaneers at all yet. Uh, it it, sh- it should be um, maybe an interesting game. And we'll get into the reasons why uh, we're maybe at least a little bit interested in the game uh, when we come back with First Bite. What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to First Bite, your Pride of Detroit preview podcast for the Detroit Lions. Week 15, Detroit Lions, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. A battle between two teams that are officially eliminated from the playoffs. 
battle between two teams that no longer have their number one slash one B receiver. Mike Evans, likely out for the year. Marvin Jones officially on IR. And, um, well, I don't know what else to really say. This is, I, this isn't necessarily a game where I would expect a lot of people to, to be in the stands at Ford Field. Not exactly an exciting game, though, if you are going to Ford Field, they're doing their, their present drive. Um, and I would encourage you to bring a, an unwrapped gift for their, to- was it Toys for Tots? I'm not sure the official uh, uh, charity, but look, Google it. It's there. Do it. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the game, about maybe some things we're looking for. The Lions, let, let's start with the injury list because the Lions have a very extensive injury report. We're recording this on Wednesday and the Lions just did a walkthrough and let me just go through the seven people who didn't practice because there's some big names on there. Obviously, there's Matthew Stafford. I think at this point, I think a couple weeks ago, I said there's a 40% chance that he plays still. I'm going to go ahead and bring that down to about 4%. I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Joe Dahl, starting left guard. Jared Davis, starting middle linebacker. Sean Han, arguably the start, starting defensive tackle. Sean Robinson, starting defensive tackle. Rick Wagner, starting right tackle. All right, seems like up. some important players on, that, on yep. that list. And and some new names that are that were limited today. Christian Jones has a shoulder injury. He was limited. Bo Scarborough, he has a rib injury. He was limited. Uh, and that's it. So those are it with the new names. Then you still got Austin Bryant, who's limited. Sam Martin, who's still got his ab thing. And then Jamal Agnew, Damon Harrison, and Rashawn Melvin were all full practice. So they'll probably play this week. Uh, but, uh-oh. I mean... <laughs> The offensive line could be potentially missing two starters. The defensive line still not healthy. The linebacking crew, which is something we haven't really dealt with most of the season outside of a, a short stint when, when Jared Davis wasn't playing, could be beat up, maybe missing two of their starters. Um, Are there any interest? Or are you interested in any of the guys that could be playing for these guys and, and maybe keeping an extra eye on them and, and how they perform? Um. We gonna get a little Tyrell Crosby, perhaps. Sure. Whether yeah. or not whether or not he kicks inside and plays guard for Dahl or he plays right tackle for Rick Wagner. Yeah. It'll be interesting to to see how he can fit in with a couple of guys who are playing really well, right? Like Taylor Decker over the past month or so has really put in a, a, a few good a few good games here. And then also Frank Ragnow, who's the yep. number one setter according to PFF. Let's see how Tyrell Crosby can can fit in there and and yeah. work alongside those guys. Um, I think that's an that's an interesting storyline yeah. too because I mean he he played pretty well in in uh, you know uh, emergency duty last week um, played about half the snaps and I think graded out pretty well per PFF and I didn't see him make any egregious errors. Um, but also you have to think about the f- this team's future at right tackle, right? I mean a lot of people are thinking. And understandably so that Rick Wagner, that the lines are going to move on from Rick Wagner this year. Um, after this year, um, they're certainly out in his contract. And then you have to wonder if Tyrell Crosby is, is their guy. I mean, just this is just his second year, comes very cheap. But um, is is he a starter or is he your depth guy? Is he your swing tackle that can play either side or even slide inside at times, or is he starter worthy? I think getting these extra reps in the final three games. I mean, we don't know how how serious Rick Wagner's injury is, but I think this is a great evaluation period and he's got a hell of a matchup this week, right? I mean, JPP yep. may or may not play and they got the, the leading sack getter in uh what's his name? That guy. 
Dang it. I was hoping you were going to rely on me. I'm so horrible with names. Uh, go ahead and continue to scream at, at your radio, everybody. Shaquille Barrett. 15 sacks on the ear. So, uh, that's what I thought you were talking about, but I just didn't want to be wrong. Um, uh, yeah, so yeah. definitely a tough task for him this week. The Bucks' pass rush is, is decent. Their front seven is good, I would say. You also got a guy named Dominican Sue on that team, although he probably won't line up too much over over Tyrell Crosby. But um, yeah, I think Tyrell Crosby is definitely a guy that, that you want to kind of key in on because he might be a, a, an important cog in this team's future. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think another interesting storyline is the Lions put Marvin Jones Jr. on IR this week. So yeah. what is the receiving core going to look like for the Lions? I mean, they have Kenny Galladay. They have Danny Amendola. Are we going to see a lot more Chris Lacey? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what? who, who are the Lions going to turn to, especially in the passing game? No more TJ Hawkinson either. So are we going to see some more Jesse James? Is Logan Thomas going to continue to get more snaps than Jesse James. Like that's not good. Like right. that's, that's, that's kind of problematic. So uh, there, there's, there's definitely some interesting, there's definitely some interesting opportunities for, for players to, to show up and show out as, uh, as some of these veterans kind of take a step back due to injury. Yeah. And I, I think the big question here is who gets promoted. Cause it's almost certain that a guy's getting promoted from the practice squad. Um, the lines aren't likely to go into a game with only three wide receivers. And, and they have, I believe three guys on their practice squad, three, three receivers on their practice squad. I think the, the most likely and certainly the most interesting of those three options is, uh, is, oh, oh my goodness. This is, Travis this is what happens when Travis Fulcom. Thank you. They're, they're six yes. round draft pick, uh, out of old dominion. Um, a guy who was previously on the 50 man, three man roster. He, he made it out of training camp. Um, but then I think about four weeks into the season, they demoted him. Um, he's since spent the rest of the season on the practice squad. I think he's probably the likely call up if if they're looking for a more specialized guy. Um, there, there's obviously uh, the guy who spent pretty much, I think, the entire uh, season on practice squad, Tom Kennedy. Um, yeah, the the interesting story guy, but <laughs> I, I don't. I still don't really see how he feeds into the plan i guess maybe he was just the danny amendola backup in case he ever got hurt um which yeah i mean granted danny amendola's history you probably needed that and then uh the other guy on the practice squad is victor bolden a guy they added a couple weeks ago. another yeah. kind of small slotty receiver so doesn't necessarily fit the the profile of a marvin jones so that's why i think uh it, it's most likely going to be fulgham yeah and you flip over the defensive side of the ball i think what's interesting from from last week's game and going into this week's game is it seems like Amani Arari has won the CB two job. So yep. that's a guy who it looks like the lions are going to get a really good look at here towards the end of the season and see if he's the, he's potentially the guy moving forward. Yeah. And he, he, you know, needs a little bit of a bounce back game. He wasn't horrible uh, last week, but he did give up a touchdown and, uh, according to PFF, that was the only time he was targeted, so it's not really fair to give him a full assessment of of how he played last week. But yeah, you're right. Um, Matt Patricia basically said this week that they're they're happy with where Rashawn Melvin is in terms of his injury, which means yeah, this wasn't uh, a case where they just wanted to give Rashawn Melvin another week for his injury. He's essentially been benched, and you never really like to see a guy benched because of injury. But at the same time, 
it makes complete sense when you've got a young guy like Amani Oruwari waiting in the wings. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm very curious to see more of him. It's kind of unfortunate that, that Mike Evans won't be playing in this game because we were looking at this game a couple weeks ago saying, hey, this could be a really big test for Amani Oruwari. Um, but I don't think he's going to see a lot of Chris Godwin in this game. I think that's that's going to be Darius Slay's job. Uh, it probably should be. Um, but, it, I mean, it's not like the Tampa Bay's got a, 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 a big crater hole after Mike Evans on the receiving roster. He's certainly a huge part of what they do. Um, but but they have other receiving options, and and you know Jameis is going to throw the ball fifty times this game, no matter what the score is, because he just does that every game. So um, he'll certainly get more than than one target in this game, and and that's good for everybody. Yeah, yep, <clears throat> that's what I mean. That's what the Buccaneers do. So that that's something to look forward to. I think is to see what what Awarie is going to be able to to put together. Uh yeah, and looking elsewhere, is there is there anything else like? I, I I was ex- prom- it was promising to see Tracy Walker do well again. Um, it seems like he's fully fully healthy or as healthy as, as he's going to get this season. So uh, I, I enjoy watching him play. That's that's fun. I like watching good people play football. So that could be something fun to watch. And, and like I said, they're going to throw it a billion times. So we'll probably get tested a little bit. Yeah, and the interesting <laughs> thing there too, right, is. Will Harris and kind of the decrease, like the decrease in sap counts with, with Tracy Walker yeah, back the previous week. So how is that defensive back end going to get it rotated through? Even, I mean, the Lions bringing up, uh, was it Jason Cabinda, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, he could potentially, he could potentially fill in should Christian Jones be unable to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I look, nobody wants to see the Lions win this game. I don't think anybody wants to see the Lions win another game for the rest of the season. It would be nice, and I, I think I mentioned this the last time I was on the podcast, but it, it would be nice to see these players play well, but to see the team ultimately lose <laughs> yeah. and like not come through in the end, right? Like that's that's the best case scenario. See the players play well that you want to see play well, and lose the football game. <laughs> I mean, if if we're kind of being honest, last week was kind of perfect in that way because Lions defense was improved it wasn't great it wasn't it wasn't good yeah but it was it was improved but the Lions lost the game mostly because their quarterback sucked and that's fine because David Blau's not going to be this team's quarterback so yeah give me give me another one of those performances I'm cool with that I mean hopefully hopefully a little more entertaining and hopefully they they don't wait until the last three minutes to score um but but I'm fine with them losing a game where their defense, like that's honestly, most of my focus is on the defense now. I just want some sort of hope, some sort of sign that that things aren't going to be horrible next year on defense. I want Trey Flowers to pop off at least one one time this year. Um, Mike Daniels had a good game last week. I'd love to see him build on that, even though it's kind of unlikely or, or you know, m- maybe he comes back because he loves Patricia, but it's it, hopefully it would be at a at a discounted rate given how much we paid him for you know, five games this year or whatever it was. Um, and then the last thing that maybe I'm, I think I might be excited for is a little more um, Jelani Tavai middle linebacker. Um, I think, I think the book has pretty much been written on Jared Davis. Um, we, we know what, what we have in him, whether the lines like him or not. Um, at some point they're going to have to face the fact that he hasn't been playing very well his entire career. And so if Jelani Tavai can play some middle linebacker and look good at it, 
that would that would ease my worries quite a bit about that linebacking core's future. Yeah, I, I think you're. I, I don't think you're alone in that. I think a lot of people are kind of sold on the Jared David Jared Davis experience, and they're ready to move on to 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 other things. So, yep. Lions football 2019. Hope they play well, but man, let's get that loss. <laughs> all right, let's move on to the one thing we think we know. How we end all of our first bites. Um, we, we make a prediction about what we think is going to happen on Sunday. We're still doing this because it's a formality and because there has to be some sort of structure to these things, even if we're breaking down what we normally do. Ryan, Lions, Bucks, Week 15, what's the one thing you think you know about what's going to happen Sunday at Ford Field? One thing I think I know that will happen on Sunday at Ford Field is Matt Prater hits three plus 50-yard field goals. <laughs> wow. Any any reasoning behind that, or you're just like you just rolled the random number generator in your brain and spit that out? No, I think what brought my brain there was the Lions. <clears throat> the Lions might look, they might look competent enough on offense because they're not playing a team like they did last week, the Vikings, and they mm-hmm. might be able to move the ball a little bit. But I still think Blau's inexperience will keep them from moving the ball like into the red zone or anything like that. So. And I think Matt Patricia will still kick those field goals rather than, <laughs> rather than go for it. So I, I guess two reasons. One, I don't trust in David Blau entirely. And two, I trust in Matt Patricia entirely to do really the wrong thing. Things. Yes. Cool. Yeah. So one positive thing, which is Matt Patricia or uh, Matt Prater kicks three field goal, three 50 yard field goals is, is based on two very bad things. Well, not a lot of good things have happened this year, so let's count on the bad things. Oh, you know what? The one good thing that's going to happen on Sunday is Chris Lacey is going to get his first career touchdown because I think the Lions, I think this is this game has shootout written all over it, and I, I don't necessarily think the Lions can keep up, but they're, they're going to try. They're going to throw the ball a lot. Hopefully David Blau survives because they, like I said before, they do have a good pass rush. Um, but yeah, I think Chris Lacey is going to get quite a bump in playing time in this game. I think Travis Fulgham is active, but probably not that active in the offensive game plan. Um, I think that'll be Chris Lacey. They like him better at this point. And, and usually the Lions really only utilize three wide receivers. That fourth one only gets about a dozen at most snaps in a game. So even if we see Travis Fulgham, it's probably not going to be for a lot. So Chris Lacey is your dude. He's getting his first career touchdown and you're all going to come back and be like, Jeremy was right. I'm going to comment on his podcast and give him five stars because he was so smart. Appreciate that ahead of time. Thank you guys. Mm. And thank you for listening. I think that's how I'm going to close it up guys. As always, if you're interested, if you like what you hear, come join us live 8 PM Eastern on Sunday nights after the football game, We'll be talking Lions Bucks. We'll be talking draft order. We might even be talking a little bit draft. And you can provide your, your questions live. We do little Twitch sessions off air where uh, in between commercials, we, we just we just chat with you guys. Um, we'll, we'll answer pretty much anything. You know how we like to do. We like to answer some fun questions. So join us then. If not, it always appears on your, your podcast platform, whatever you're listening to it on now. It'll show up on Monday. So that's it. Enjoy the game, everybody. Go Team Tank. Go, I don't know, David Blau, I guess. Go Scarborough. One See you, Bayside. See you? All right. See y'all, Bayside. Hi.
What does it take to be an entrepreneur and how is it changing in our ever-evolving business landscape? This is Scott Galloway, host of the Prop G Podcast and an entrepreneur myself. Right now, we've got a special three-part series running all about the future of entrepreneurship. We're answering your questions on work-life balance, how to raise capital for your business and more. Because when you're an entrepreneur, it's always important to look ahead at what's to come. So tune in to the future of entrepreneurship of Prop G Pod, special sponsored by Mercury. You can find it on the Prop G Pod feed or wherever you get your podcasts.